For those of you hanging out with us today, I want you to meet Mr. Jeremy Ryan Slate. Jeremy is the founder of the Create Your Own Life podcast, which studies the highest performers in the world, including the former CIA director, Super Bowl champions, and even a three-time Indianapolis 500 winner. Jeremy also studied literature at Oxford University and holds a master's in history. He is the co-founder with his wife of Command Your Brand, a top-rated media podcast booking agency that helps visionary founders and CEOs leverage the power of podcasting to spread their message and their mission all throughout the world. Jeremy's podcast, Create Your Own Life, was ranked at number one in iTunes in 2018 and also hit 78 out of 100 in the business category. Inc. named his show the number one show to listen to back in 2019, and he hit the top 40 under 40 by Podcast Magazine in 2022. Jeremy is an international keynote speaker, a former professional power lifter. He's also raising chickens on his property out in West New Jersey, and he is a best-selling author of an amazing book that I'm getting ready to read myself. But I did not bring Jeremy on the show today to talk about his successful background. I brought him here today to discuss the difference between having a mission. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host, Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram, and settle in for some low-key conversations on high-performance living. Let's jump in. Jeremy, it's good to have you here, brother. Hey, man. I, I really appreciate you having me here today. And yeah. uh, I appreciate that connotation as well because I feel like so often people are just doing things for the money. They're just doing things for what they're doing yeah. them for. But I feel like it can really be a vocation, you know what I mean, what you're doing with your life. And so I appreciate that. Well, before we get into that, though, we have something special here. I want to pop open this bottle of whiskey and pour ourselves a glass. We are going to, and if you're in the audience, man, kick back, relax, pour yourself, as we say, a dram or whatever it is. I've got the Russell's Reserve Single Barrel Rye. Mm. Jeremy and I are going to sip this one neat today. Now, this is 104 proof whiskey, Jeremy. Wow. But despite the fact that it's a little hotter, we're going to do it neat because I want to have the full-bodied experience. I'm not a big rye whiskey guy. I know you are. I am. But there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a two reasons why I actually chose this whiskey. Um, the first reason is because you're a rye guy. But the second reason is because Russell's Reserve is a product of the Wild Turkey Distillery. Mm-hmm. And there is the father-son master distillery team that has like 100 years of combined uh, experience under their belt together. Now, the son wanted to go against the grain and create something a little different, even though his father basically was against it and told him, don't mm-hmm. do it. And he did it anyway. Russell's Reserve Single Barrel Rye was his creation from this mission he was on to do something a little different that kind of isn't their typical bourbon-making expertise at the distillery. So I thought it was very fitting for our conversation today around having a mission, right, going against the grain. We'll get into that, that piece, but... Um, the whiskey itself, I was looking forward to having with you, brother. And the whole point of why I do this with my guests is because I want the audience to learn how to start appreciating spirits like this mm-hmm. for the, the moment, savoring in it, learning how to use their senses from the nose to the palate to the finish so they can slow down a little bit. And it's not just about getting drunk, getting buzzed. Yeah. Even though you can, yeah. you can do it. 
But with you, brother, I want to take everybody through a little bit of a tasting. So first I'd like to say, as we do in Gaelic, to your health, slancha. Slancha. And then give a nose, because I want to get a sense of what we're working here with this whiskey. Ooh, there's a lot Ooh. of oak to this. That is very interesting, isn't it? There's a lot of oak to this. Now, what Jeremy and I are doing for the audience is we're nosing the whiskey first before we sip well, it. I even okay. made sure I brought my, my special whiskey tasting, tasting glasses. I love it. It's yes. supposed to breathe properly. It breathes properly. And that's the beautiful part about whiskey is you can, you can go through a subjective experience. So whatever you're getting is what you're getting. I don't want anybody mm -hmm. to think that they have to get exactly what we've got. Yeah. Like I'm getting – it's interesting. I'm even getting almost like a blackberry myself on an oak. I, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing. I'm, I'm getting a little vanilla and definitely yep. getting oak. Yep. Well, let's give it a sip, huh? Slancha. Yeah. Slancha. <laughs> Interesting. That's not really that dangerous. Or no, it's got a smooth finish. It's got a smooth finish. That's why I'm, I'm not big on things that aren't aged enough. Um, like, like, I'm not big on, like, Jameson or something like that because yeah, it's, it's very harsh because it's not aged enough. What are you uh, experiencing when you have that on your palate, though? You, I know it's got the smooth finish. It doesn't linger too long on mine. No, it but... doesn't. No, it's, it's kind mm. of down quickly, um, but it's got a really pleasant taste to it. It's almost like it could be a um, house whiskey, almost a, a daily sipper, if you will. If you will or, uh... it's, yeah, not it's anything... extremely smooth. It, it's it's, it, it's yeah. almost too easy to drink. <laughs> that's what I would say. You know what? And that's what I think would make it dangerous, though, is it's so smooth. Yeah that you wouldn't even suspect it to be 104 proof that's yeah yeah i've i've had a i had a a vodka that was 180 proof once Oof. um and you couldn't even do it but this is like this is like drinking an 18 year old bottle it's very smooth it, it, it's interesting you know what's great it's it's almost like giving my comparison to other whiskeys it's nothing to i would say write home about as like oh wow that's yeah. a complex whiskey but i also like the fact that it's got a very light vanilla sweetness on the front, yeah. and then it just smoothens out through the back of the oak into your th your throat. But it's warm and and not very hot. It's not yeah. a typical hot whiskey, which you usually get from like a another sherry bomb or something like that, where it's really potent. But anyway, that's fantastic. I'd be very interested to know like how long they age this one. It's just it's so smooth. I think this one, if I remember, I, I don't quote me on this. I think if I remember correctly, this one is six years maybe i'm i'm it's a single barrel so they only aged it in one barrel and poured mm -hmm. it straight out of the barrel without chill filtering it so that's good i like it well nevertheless i'd like to jump in here because you you know what inspired me to have this conversation with you jeremy is we've had many talks about the difference between having a real mission out in life versus just simply running a business and you started to talk about it i think a moment ago uh but i want to dive in with you here on the differences between having that mission versus simply running a business. Mm -hmm. what you know, it's, are. it's, it's interesting because I think like when I look at my life, I chose what I do because I love what I do. Right. Like I had, I had originally, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned a little bit in the intro, I got my master's in, in history. I taught school right. for a few years and once I really got there, it wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. It was very shocking that I'm like, all right, I've done all this work. I've committed. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I, I really don't want to be here. Right. So I think it's part of it is, is choosing that you're doing it 
and also loving it, right? And saying, I can do this every day. This is a big part of what I do rather than <clears throat> I'm just doing this because I have to. And I think there, mm -hmm. there's also, when you look at when people choose what they do, sometimes it's because of, you know, the money or whatever. And I think I was talking to about this yesterday. I think there's this, this, not to say this is bad, right? There's people that like the process of starting a business and they get it going and they get it valuable and they sell it. But to me, I think there can also be like a little bit of, I don't know, people can be a little, I'm trying to think of how to put this. No, I get what you're saying. I, yeah, I, it, it I wanna... can be just about growing it so much, getting it valuable and then selling it, and they really don't care what they're doing in the process of doing it. Do you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the difference, and I, I want to stop there for a second. That's the, the huge difference. That's stark in, on, in that contrast that people get the idea that starting a business is all about making money, so they want to yeah. scale at all costs. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a real driven purpose behind that. Now, there's nothing wrong with if you're someone who wants to just run a business to make money, that's your prerogative. But there's a huge difference between people that say they're doing it for a purpose or a mission versus yeah. those that simply want to exit their company to make a bunch of money. And I think that's where we get lost in this business world. Do you think people can have both? Can you actually start a business first wanting to make money and bettering your life financially and then find a purpose when you're doing that? I think so too, because I even look at like in our company. You know, we started in 2016, right. um, and initially we didn't grow as fast as as you know we really would have wanted to. And that's frankly because I insisted on how many things had to be done manually, how many things had to have a human touch. Because sure, can you speed it up? Can you grow faster? But those things are really important to how you deal with a person, the experience they receive, and, and what they get out right. of things. So I think that's one part of it. But also, you have to kind of learn to to fall in love with the process. And when you're looking at that, you, you say, how can I get better at something every single day? Because I think so often people are saying, okay, well, this is what we do. This is how good it's going to be and whatever. But you can always do better somewhere. There's always an ability to do somewhere. So I think when you're, when you're building a business, you have to learn how to fall in love with the process of continually getting better. I'm a, I, I know you're a baseball guy. I'm a huge baseball fan. I look at kind of my uh, transition into high school baseball. And at that point in time, I was a, I was a really good shortstop. And I ran into this issue of, well, the coach's son was also a shortstop. He wasn't a very good shortstop, but he was the coach's son. So <laughs> I then became the backup shortstop, even uh, though I was significantly better than him. Right. So right. what I ended up doing is um, my, my dad was a great outfielder. We went every night and we hit, I can't even remember the number of pop flies. And we just, again and again and again. And I became the team's new center fielder, and I was the best outfielder on the team. So I think it's that that also applies to business, right? It's how much are you willing to, to focus on something? How much are you willing to improve? How much are you willing to put into that? And I think that's what the process is really all about. You know what I mean? It's like really falling in love with the process of getting better and not saying like, well, I have to do this or, you know, like, you know, it, it, yeah. this is terrible that I have to yeah. do it. But if like imagine if, if you could improve it and be the best at it, you know? Yeah, uh, that's a good – I'm going to go back to you, what you said. It's interesting. You, you and I both had dads that were outfielders. And my, that's what my, my dad did in his semi-pro ball uh, career back yeah. in the 70s and uh, put me on the mound when he saw that I had an arm like him. But, again, he wanted to, to leverage that talent. But it's interesting is because you, you talked about there was a purpose behind playing the sport for you. Some people are just playing the sport for uh, the accolades. I talked to 
a couple pro athletes uh, over the last week as well, and they were sharing their stories about, uh, I mean, you know these guys as well. They were sharing their stories about how they really weren't as happy as they, they thought they were going to be when they achieved that dream, and it's because that mission, that vision got lost in the bright mm -hmm. lights. It got lost in the money they were making. It got lost in you know, the expectation to be you know, this version that the team owners wanted them to be. So going back to the, the point of our conversation is um, people that are out there that I think they get lost in just the, the money running a business and then they end up feeling, would you say, unfulfilled? They end up feeling mm -hmm. maybe unsatisfied. Yeah, their bank accounts are nice, but is there something to actually having a purpose or a mission while you build and run a business? I think from the perspective of you got to fall in love with what you do. And, and what sure. I mean by that is like when I look at how we help people, sure, we're not just getting messages out, out there. We're getting messages out there that if we don't figure out how to get them out there, for some people, they're never going to get them out there. You know, we have quite a few clients that have been canceled. They're, they're not allowed on different platforms. They have been pushed out of different areas. They've actually had other agencies say, you know, fire them because like they're not totally in alignment with, you know, how they want to align themselves. And so because of that, you know, I'm passionate about getting their messages out there. And, and I think part of the issue too is like in this political climate, yeah. I think there can be a little bit of an ability to say, well, I'm on this team or I'm on, I'm on that team. But I think at the same time, you know, I've promoted a lot of messages that aren't 100% in agreement with me because they also need to be out there because conversations need to be had. And there that's what I, I get passionate about with what I'm doing is, you know, iron sharpens iron. We get better by having better conversations. We get better by talking about the things you're not supposed to talk about. We get better by confronting the taboo. That is the only way we get better. We don't get better by saying, oh, we don't talk about that or we don't discuss that or we don't go there. So that's why I'm so passionate about what, what I do is I'm facilitating conversations for, for some people that are very important for others that if I don't help them facilitate them, those conversations will never happen. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, and that's why I want people to listen to Create Your Own Life, given the fact that it has hit certain levels of status because of that purpose, that mission you're on. You're not just doing it to run a show to sound cool and be kind of the the guy that everyone wants to listen to just for the sake of notoriety. You're doing it because of that, what you just said. There's a deeper drive that I have. No matter how slow it takes, mm -hmm. I'm going to stay committed to that mission because to me, this is more than a business. This is more than mm -hmm. just a livelihood. This is truly my desire to actually change the world. And going back to your studies, you know, you got your master's in history. Uh, I don't even remember exactly what specific study focus that was. I think it was an ancient oh, Roman. Oh, it's obscure. It's, yeah, it's very obscure. <laughs> <laughs> but you also study literature at Oxford yeah. and you have this background where you felt connected to maybe an idea of what that could bring to the table for you for a career, mm -hmm. but you didn't feel the, the mission behind it. Now you're still using that education. You're yeah. still bringing the conversations. You're talking through a different medium of literature to get people to have the hard conversations, no matter what side you might fall on or what thoughts or beliefs you have. So that's why I'm glad we're here talking about the difference between having one versus just doing something over here just for the sake of doing it. And I think mm -hmm. that's where people can get lost is, you know, in my business, we've talked about this. My, my purpose, my mission, my crusade is driving this. I don't do it because I get to work with cool people. I do. I don't do it because I, uh, require a significant investment. I work with these powerful people because they have the biggest impact out in the world. And I'm willing to fight and battle and slay the demons and the stresses and make them see those hard truths. You're yeah. out in the world. 
turning around, utilizing media, new media as an entrepreneur, a leader, uh, a, pod, a top podcast host, interviewing and researching and studying the best of the best so you can pull out even more information for that purpose and that mission to change the actual world. Because it's easy to say, I'm going to start a business so I can make this product because this product everybody will want to buy. That's not a mission. That's just a business. But I want to do this because I want to have the hard conversations and I want to rattle cages and I want to erupt <laughs> souls and I want to make people feel things they don't like to feel. You're doing that. And that's why you're able to be successful consistently and build and grow. Well, and, and I think that that's a really, really awesome point, especially about rattling cages, because that, that's one of the main reasons that you mentioned uh, my book, uh, Unremarkable to Extraordinary. That's, that's one of the, the main things that I, I talk about in that book yeah. is if you look at it, right? Um, and, and Tom Brady, I think, is the most incredible example of this. You look at the guy, you know, didn't start till his, his senior year of high school. Had to uh, once he got to college, he had to fight with Drew Henson in order to be the starter in Michigan. Gets drafted in the sixth round, only plays because Drew Bledsoe goes down. You know the guy had to fight and work and show up and be there every day. And I think there's so much value in that. And and this is going back to what you said when you're looking at those conversations. Uncomfortable conversations are the ones we need to have because those are the ones where growth happens. And that's the right. same thing with looking at somebody like Tom Brady, like. He's the best because he had to outwork everybody to even play. And I think when you look at that, there, there's this transformative process in, in going through that. You don't come into something and, and come out of it the same way if you're confronting difficult things. And you, you look at like a blacksmith's furnace, right? Like a blacksmith's right. furnace, you take right. wrought iron or you take you know, steel or whatever, and you put it into that, and it comes out and you pour it. And then you form it and you hammer it and you mold it into something and it comes out a different way. But that blacksmith's furnace is one of the toughest things that metal is ever going to go through in order to become that. But it had to. It's transformative. Right. There was a mission to it. Yes. There, there was a, yes, exactly. And I think that's you, you hit it on the head. People are afraid to have the hard conversations. So they yeah. will go over here and create something to avoid the hard conversations. And I, I've met so many people that I've actually ended up working with where they have lived their lives building these eight, nine, 10 figure businesses and they're miserable and they go, you know what? I don't know why I did this. I have no idea what drove me to, I think I was just so infatuated by the money and the fame and the notoriety that I got lost in that world where now 30 years later, I'm looking back and yeah, I have the, the cash sitting there and I've got everything going on around me physically you know, from a material standpoint, Jeremy, mm -hmm. but they're like, I don't know what my real purpose is. I don't even know what mission I was supposed to even be on because nobody ever made me have to have, have the hard conversations. Nobody ever confronted my truth. So I built this around this idea that life is all about making money and then we'll buy our way out of whatever it is we have to buy our way out of once we get there versus realizing what kind of purpose or mission or drive do I have because if I want to see something different in the world, I have to be willing to have those hard conversations. I have to build something that wraps around who I am, mm -hmm. fueled by that, right? For you, it's the same thing. You built yourself. That's why it took you so long. You built yourself around the mission. You didn't mm -hmm. just build a business to try to climb to the top in the podcasting media world. You didn't become one of the top rated podcast booking new media agencies in the country simply because you were just scaling to do it. You did it because you slowed down and you said, I care about the mission first. And I want people that are listening to hear that there's a stark contrast here of why are you doing what you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to back it up for a second though, too, sure. because you made a really Please. good point in talking about, you're talking about like, you know, athletes that are doing it for the fame and the money. And, and 
I think when you look at it, it's actually a cultural problem. It, it's mm. actually a cultural problem when you when you look at it. Is is we're told how valuable fame is. We're told how right. valuable these different things are. And frankly, I don't know about you, but like something information or something in my life only has value to me if it's something that's usable, right? If it doesn't have if I'm not able to use it or do something with it, it doesn't have any value to me. Yes, but I think we've point. we've been told otherwise and um, you know, this kind of goes back to a little bit of what I studied in school. Um, my master's is in early Roman Empire propaganda. So, you know, you can figure what you want about that. But I studied the process of the tools that Caesar Augustus applied to convince people he was God. And there was a very specific process he followed. He looked at Alexander the Great and he connected himself to Alexander's divinity. And because during this time period, like, you know, the, the way that the, the Romans thought, gods and men walked together. That's what they thought. So it right. was very easy with the right kind of propaganda tools to change that. Now, if you look at that, we like to think nowadays that we're wiser, but we're actually not. And what we've done is we've looked at celebrities and things like that as we've become kind of a less religious society, a less spiritual society. Right. And those people have become our gods. And what we've said is, mm. well, you know what? You could be a god, right? You could be this, you could be the god for people. So we have people, you know, whether they're trying to be a social media influencer, whether they're trying to be this or a famous athlete, they're trying to chase, you know, being that god among men because they're, they're really going for validation rather than results. Mm. I, that, I, 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 I don't know if that was too deep. <laughs> No, brother, I want you to go deep and honestly, like bring, bring as much energy as you need to, because I want people to feel what you just said and sit with that. And if they're sipping their whiskey, maybe take another sip because we have to go deep with understanding that you're right. I've worked with some of those people as well, and they do carry around this personified image that they are the thing people should emulate and idolize. And I think this is where we get lost in the mm -hmm. chase for success we want to build things based on how we see other people building them yeah and humans well, it's, right. it's chasing likes and follows and Power. all these different things and it's like how is that any different than than but, you know yeah. two thousand years ago somebody saying like you know you need to say this number of prayers to, to, to me a day or kneel down before me or do or do things like that like it, right. it's not that different no it's not and it's interesting is people then complain about how bad the world is. They, mm -hmm. I want to see the world change. I want the person in the presidency to, to stop being X. And I want these people to do this. And I want, it's, I want, I want the desire is there, but they are not driven by any mission to, mm -hmm. to, to help create that change. That's why it's important to know, are you on a mission or are you just doing things to do things? Are you just making money are you just out if that's that's okay if you want to do that but stay in that lane and be committed to that if there's a mission you have by seeing the world being different through which is what you're doing conversations on podcasts this is the one of the, the top platforms to actually have these hard conversations nowadays mm -hmm. there's a drive behind you and you know what happens jeremy and i think you you recognize this very well is because you stay true to that first and foremost the byproducts are the company grows, mm -hmm. the money increases. You can charge your clients what you need to charge them that matches that mission first, mm -hmm. getting them out there in the world on the best podcasts that match who they are, what their, their mission is. And then you spread that like wildfire. That is what we need to combat this disassociation with spirituality, God, whatever, you, whatever your faith is. Sure. I think we are also 
I had a conversation this morning with someone talking about how we are, you're, you just hit it. We're so detached from our own faith about anything that mm -hmm. now these people have become gods. And then we're wondering why the world burns and when we have these constant cancellations and. Well, it's, you know, it's we a can... separation though, too. No. Like if you look at it, because if someone is, and I'm just using, you know, God as, as like a sample, sure. as like an example no. here, but like if someone has made a God to you, whether that's the Kardashians or whether that's Derek Jeter or whatever it is to you, you know, that person becomes unseparated from you and unreachable. And what, when something's separated and unreachable, it's a cause and effect, effect relationship. You're only effect of something that's unreachable, right? You can't be causative in that situation. So I think that becomes a very difficult situation to become in because it makes you small. Um, you know, like, I'm not going to say like, you know, Hey, I'm the biggest and most important person out there. But like, at the same time, I've been able to, you know, cr walk into a lot of relationships and see people as a peer. And I think when you do that and approach things like that and don't approach things as I'm effect, you can get things done, right? Like I've, I've been in a lot of, a lot of rooms that I shouldn't be in because I'm like, Hey, I'm just a guy just trying to add some value. And how can I do that? But I think a lot of times we, because of this way we've been taught to teach or uh, taught to approach things. There's a lot of things yeah. we don't do that we should try doing. There's a lot of things we, we don't go for that we could have tried going for because we, we've, we're, we've decided we're effect in this situation and we can't be causative. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Um, I'm going to pull out more of your, those wise words that you just said is <laughs> we should be doing more of what we think we're not supposed to do. That's how mm -hmm. I heard that. It's interesting because you're you're saying I, I was in a ro in rooms I shouldn't even be, been in, but I exactly <laughs> like how did I get here? <laughs> right. Same thing that happened years ago when I first just act like you belong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I transitioned in my business from supporting combat veterans, a lot of the mm -hmm. uh, SEALs and special ops guys that I was working with, and the very first event I went to, Jeremy. It's a room full of industry leaders and titans across the different uh, marketing and personal development, business, et cetera. And it's funny, as I packed all my clothes, I drove eight hours to this event. I was just going to show up at the hotel. I just wanted to see what the event was going to be about. I, didn't, I wasn't actually an attendee at the time. And it's interesting that when I got there, I left all my clothes back at the house. I had a shirt, a t-shirt, graphic t-shirt, and said, I can't adult today. And I thought instantly that moment, I could turn around and go back home and let this beat me, or I can just walk into this room anyway. Mm -hmm. Dress, walk into a, a room that I, I didn't feel maybe I should have been in either. Yeah. These people were wearing $5,000 worth of clothes, you know, the Rolexes and all the different you know, tag ewers and all the different cool stuff. And it's like, you know what? No, here's an opportunity that I, because I have faith in my mission. Mm -hmm. I, I have a reason why I'm doing what I'm going to do. I'm going to bear the grit, and I'm going to walk through the doors. And it's like... Those people were like, hey, man, shake your hand, laughing with you about your shirt, talking about what you do. Let's learn a little bit more. Let's and, and I ended up working with a couple leaders that year. And it was amazing how that, like you just said, it showcased where I, I just did the, the hard thing that, because the mission drove me there. If I would have just been, hey, I want to go out and see if I can find a bunch of clients I can just coach and do some cool stuff with make a bunch of money, I probably would have never had that result. But mm -hmm. the attitude was the mission. That's why I asked you that question. What is the difference between having one versus just running a business. These yeah. are the elements and the byproducts of it. Well, and I think it's also how you approach things, right? Like yes. when you're, when you're approaching things on a mission, um, you know, there's, there's several types of exchange in the world, right? Um, when I'm exchanging with someone, I could give them less than what I promised. That's ripoff exchange. I could give them exactly what I promised them. That's equal exchange. Um, but what I try my best to practice, you know, I'm not always, 
in the right, but I try my best, you know, and I think you're, the best thing you can do is kind of be retrospective on, on how you're doing things. But I always try to practice the type of exchange where I'm giving more than what I'm promising someone. That's called exchange in abundance. And I think when you operate from this position of exchange in abundance, you're, you're really going to come from an area of helping others, of growth, of mission. And you try to do that in every area of your life. Like, how can I exchange in abundance with this person, whether that's for money, whether that's for, yeah. you know, taking care of my kids or whether that's, you know, the people I meet. But when you are somebody that doesn't say, okay, this doesn't just have to be equal exchange. I have to figure out how can I exchange in abundance here. I, I, that, that's really where, you know, operating from mission comes from. Got it. Got it. Um, let me ask you this then. I'm going to go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. When you got your education complete, when you got your master's, you studied what you've studied, and you thought, well, I'm going to be a teacher, mm-hmm. what actually was the impetus for you to be pulled into the world that you're in now? What did you find that ignited that mission and purpose inside you that made you redirect your path? Well, there's the honest answer, and there's the made-up answer. The honest answer, I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. Um, in 2012, uh, my mom had a really bad stroke, um, and my parents and I are very close. Um, my mom's still, you know, we still have her, but she's very disabled to this day. Um, she doesn't have, um, you know, really any of her language skills. She can't read anymore. She, she has several small words she can use, and that's about it. So I haven't had a conversation with my mother in, like, over 10 years. Um, but for me, I was teaching at that point in time, and that just... Am I allowed to swear on the show? I, I, yeah, of course. Okay. Hey, yeah, like, it just yeah, fucking please. spun me, man. Like, it just really <laughs> fucking spun me. I don't know how to yeah. describe it other than it fucking spun me. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I was the person that, that found her when it happened. And, and it just it was a really difficult situation. And I just looked mm-hmm. at it. And I'm like, well, fuck, man. Um, like, what am I doing here? Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you could right. die at any minute. What impact are you going to make? And then I'd like to say, like, hey, I found the thing, and then, you know, I was going to go do the thing and whatever it was. I had no clue what I was going to do. So I tried a whole bunch of different things. You know, I tried network marketing. I tried selling life insurance, which I was really good at, by the way. But I hated telling people, like, you're going to die, so you got to buy this thing. Like, I felt like a mob member. But oh, geez. So I, I tried so many different things to see what was going to be a fit for me. And that was, what, four years until I finally figured out how to start a business that was the right fit for me. And that was, frankly, because... I've been a podcast listener since 2008, back when, you know, the days of uh, Adam Curry, the podfather, by the way, the guy that invented podcasting. He had a podcast called The Daily Source Code. I've been a podcast fan since then. So for me, it was just like, okay, this is what I do with my day every day. This is what I love. It's what I still do every day. Like my family will tell you if you ask them, I'm usually listening to a podcast when I'm walking around the house. Um, So... For me, it was just like, okay, yeah. I, can, I can do this thing that I love. I don't know how I'm going to make money with it. In the beginning, I resisted making money with it because I'm like, I can't make money with my art form. And eventually, mm-hmm. people started asking for help. They're like, can you help me do what you're doing? I'm like, well, sure. You know, We had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days, and we, we grew really quickly. So people started asking me for help. We started a business. It was called Get Featured Media. We had a business partner that things really didn't go so well with. Um, lost a whole bunch of money in that experience. And I said, well, you know, there's still something here. And that was when we started Command Your Brand because it was mm. like, there, there's something to build here. People are still looking for help. So for me, it was just because people asked me for their help. And I'm like, well, you know, they need this. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, I'm going to start this business and, you know, this is my 
my customer avatar and if I get this many of this cost like that was never the idea it was I like this thing people want help with this thing I'm gonna start a business and it took us until you know we were a team of three until 2017 and then you know we really figured out like how do you process this and how do you hire Right. And, uh, you know, as, as we're sitting here now, we're a team of 15. So it's, it's taken a lot of work to get to that. But it was never about, like, you know, I need this many customers. I need, you know, to, to do whatever. Like, until last year, we had a, we had a big pricing change this year because I didn't even know what the hell I was supposed to be charging people. And I've been running this business for 10 years. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's wild, man. Yeah, you're the co-founder and the CEO. So you definitely have uh, multiple hats to, to play around with when it comes to what you're doing. No, this – thank you for sharing that because yeah. – I feel I felt like I went a little rant there, so I apologize. No, man. You can't, you know, that's, <laughs> the beautiful part about this is just these, these conversations really are about just getting very deep in a very casual way. I want to hear those elements of your own understanding in the difference between a mission and a business. Because as a CEO, as a top podcaster, as someone who is connected, someone who is passionate about what you're doing, there is a feel behind it, which mm -hmm. was experiencing something very close to your mother watching yeah. the life change before your eyes and you're well, what what is my, what is my purpose here then because life is short it was like god gave you an, a, a sign you know we're gonna use that term just for a moment yeah. for people to, to go wait a minute let me find out what it is i'm really meant to be doing by just connecting to some form of a mission of getting my voice out there talking to people having conversations and that i think is what helped stimulate other mm -hmm. people to feel that from you to sense it and go you know what i want you to lead me and help me now because well, I you know what about voice. the wild part about that is yeah. like i just go just going back to the thing about my mom so yeah. that was when i was you know like 24 25 somewhere around there i'm closing on 40 now man so it's it's kind of wild i'll be i'll be 36 next month but um when i was 19 i had what was supposed to be a pretty simple knee surgery um and they messed up the anesthesia um, and I didn't wake up for three days. They gave me last rites. So like, but that didn't change my life at all. It was just kind of like, well, I guess we, we had a, had a close one there and it was when it was something outside of myself and I had to look at someone else. That's when it really hit me. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but for me, like when mortality was about me, it was kind of like, Hey, whatever, I'm going to live forever. But when it was someone outside of me, it really made me enforce me to look at that. Interesting. That's a really interesting contrast that when it comes you know, I think this is back my mind up here for a minute. The, I want everyone to sit with that. How, how much do we take for granted when it happens to us as the lack of a, a signal we're looking for, for us to change our lives, to find yeah. a purpose. And we need some outside influence to finally wake us up to that. It's mm -hmm. interesting because even the clients that I work with is they will get to a place. I think most humans are this way, Jeremy. Is yeah. most, most humans will get to the place where they're near death before they finally decide to do something different and find a purpose in their life and change their health and change their attitude, and their mindset. But they will do what you said. They'll just go through the motions. They'll have those, uh, those near-death experiences, whatever we want to call it, and they'll mm -hmm. ah, whatever, and they'll sweep it under the rug. But then when somebody close to them, something important to them is nearly taken from them, that's what it takes to wake them up. And it's like this mm -hmm. is the sad state of affairs is we shouldn't wait for that. We should find a purpose. Yes. We should find a mission. I don't care how big or small it is. 
Find something because I'm telling you, it'll it'll drive your business in a completely different direction, and you'll find you maybe you'll actually get what you want and mm-hmm. need simultaneously, rather than just hoping to make more money and scale it and and, and f- figuring it out along the way. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for something outside of you to make you figure figure out what your purpose is. If you're having those moments in your life, sit with that. Yeah. Well, that's that's so significant, too, because I mentioned kind of that period in my life where I was trying to figure out these different jobs. Like, so one of the things I did as well is I was an in-home personal trainer. Yeah. And my client base, not that I aimed for this, but what this is what happened was women that had weight issues that were in their early 40s. And you know why all of them came to me? It wasn't because they wanted to look better. It wasn't because they want to lose weight It's because now they were having trouble getting around, keeping up with their kids and playing with their kids. Like, that's the simplicity of it. Do you know what I mean? I think. Yep. When we're actually forced to look at there's more parts of your life than just you, that's when we make some real decisions in life. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's not just you. Like, it's you and maybe if you're married in your marriage. It's you and your kids. It's you and the groups you're a part of. It's you and mankind. There's so many different things that exist outside of yourself that when you're forced to look at that, not only is it humbling, but at the same time, that's what forces people to change. That's a good point. I think the people in the audience too are, you know, entrepreneurs, CEOs, um, athletes, etc. And hearing that to go, you know what? It's okay to not fully flesh out what that mission you're on is yet. Just mm-hmm. stay connected to that deeper fire that burns inside you about what it is you're doing. I think I found people that are just focused on, you know, running a business and just doing stuff to make money are honestly the the most unhappiest people that walk amongst us. Um, they'll lie, lie to themselves and to you and they'll say, yeah, I'm good. Look, I just exited a company for, you know, eight figures. So it's like, great. But now what? Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to go do it again. And then it's like, they just repeat the cycle. Now, some people, they find that that is their quote mission, if you will. That's what they think their mission is. And, you know, Godspeed. But the, the point here is for those that really care that are listening to you, Jeremy, listen to us wrap back and forth about this is what is the impetus for what you're doing out in the world? Going all the way back to the beginning yeah. of our conversation, what are you, why are you doing what you're doing, and how does that make a difference to the impact that you have and the money you make and the success of your organization or your company? When that goes back to the purpose of like what we do at our company, is we say we want to impact the world, yeah. um, you know, by working with entrepreneurs that <clears throat> want to change the world and better mankind. Because you know, to think I'm able to do that in just my own is egotistical, but to realize that if I help enough people with really big missions, the number of ripples that go out in the lake of them doing that, like that's how you get things done, man. Yeah. You it get is. things done just- by helping people that have kind of the, 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 the gears of the world at their fingertips. Good. And, and that's why those that are listening that want to explore this medium should. They should look mm-hmm. at Command Your Brand and what you stand for and what you're about. I know you don't just take anybody just for the sake of taking clients. That's the other piece I think that's um, huge about your mission is that you take on those visionary founders and CEOs. You don't just take clients that simply can make payments. You're, you want to work with those that have that ripple effect because mm-hmm. this is where we unite together. We create this bond for other people to have missions. And that's how you know your, your impact is being felt because of what you're willing to take on as clients as well. And I think yeah. that's another reason why you're able to grow very steadily and successfully is because you do not compromise those standards. And here's the, the, the last piece of that is, what are the standards that you have in your business? Yes. Is standard 
of you just being able to go where the wind blows you just to make money? Or do you have a standard of how you operate, who you hire, what kind mm -hmm. of clients you take on, what your day-to-day -day operations are, the way when you wake up in the morning, what do you value? What do you stay true to? Are you willing to not compromise that for the sake of the purpose, even if your company takes three, four, five years longer than James, John, Joe's company over here because they're taking off through the roof and they're just making a ton more money than you. And you're like, oh, that sounds and looks good, but I care deeply more about this. So I'm willing to ride it out a little slower because I know the overall effect will be huge because well, of that. that that's such a good point, though, too, because I've let team members go because of that exact problem. You know, if somebody, if paying me is taking food off of someone else's table, that's not the right way to go about this because they don't even have enough in place to even benefit from what I do. Right. Like if you don't have the, the, the business in the right position, the things in the right place, like I don't want your money because I want to help people that are in the right spot for me to really help them. Right. Like I, yeah. I, I think when it's, we, I've, I've had salespeople that are just about the money and it's, it's, it's not fun because number number one, it creates difficulties in delivering someone's program. But number two, it's just like, what am I really doing here then, man? Like, like who am I really <laughs> right. helping? Do you know, like, I feel right. like I'm stealing at that point. Right. And you know, and I've felt that I, as a consumer myself where I've looked uh, research and talked to people and I can tell the salesperson is just trying to make that sale. I get the text messages, the emails. It's like, okay, you're not, you're not even understanding me and what it is that I'm doing first. Mm -hmm. It's like, make sure this is the right fit. I have friends of mine that invested money in uh, these past, you know, personal development companies that I've had to help out because they just took their money just to take their money and they never really got any results from it. And they're like suffering going, I should have never given them my $25,000. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. and there are people out there that happily will take your paycheck. And I love yes. that you talked about it where the integrity you have, the standards you herald hold you to that mission mm -hmm. that, Hey, I want you to be at a certain level in your life and in your business, because that is going to make a bigger impact for my efforts to help you. Mm -hmm. When we do it, if you're struggling and you're trying to start out, it's like cart before the horse. You don't build a yes. website until you know who your niche client is first, you know, yes. <laughs> don't waste your time doing that. And you, I think there are too many companies that are just run by the idea of how many sales they can get. I heard, mm -hmm. I heard uh, Dean Graziosi years ago, I met him years ago in the, some of the circles I ran around and say, you know, when my, my staff come up and say, Hey, I got another lead. He makes them, it's like a swear jar. He pays for you know, you have to put money in this jar for that because these are human beings that need help. Yes. And it's, it's, he changes that mindset, even though, yeah, I know Dean makes his money and does his thing, but those little tweaks matter because there's a mission mm -hmm. driven behind that. Not just, Hey, they're a lead. Let's make a bunch of money right now. Sell yeah, and if we're, and if we're not making the able more able, man, then what are we doing here? Do you know what I mean? Like, like so, that, that's what it's all about. That's true. What is the purpose of life in general? I share it all the time, man. What is the purpose of making money at the end of the day? If you're more stressed out, you feel empty, you're unsatisfied, and you don't feel like you're contributing to the world around you. What's the point? Mm -hmm. Man, I'm just thinking if, if there's any other insights you have around the difference between people that have a mission and why it's important to have one for what it is you're looking to create out in the world. Any other wise words you'd like to share? Well, I, I think, frankly, and we, we've kind of hit on it a little bit here is, you know, and I've, I've seen it by so many people I know is, is, is it's going to make you old before your time, man. It really is. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen it, I've seen it age people. So to me, it's like, you know, sure you can get ahead now, but at the same time, if you're not figuring out how to make this align with every part of your life and make yourself a more complete person, 
what's the point? So to me, that that's 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 what I would say is it's, yeah. is I've just seen so many people get old before their time because I love making money. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with making money, but at the same time, if you're not figuring out how to align it to a deeper purpose, you know, a bigger impact, then you know you're always going to be chasing money. It's always going to be a problem for you. Yep. And uh, last thought I think I'll have on this too, because man, this conversation has been great to add to what you just shared as these wise words for the audience is that you end up getting caught up in that never ending quest for more. Mm -hmm. And there's no satiation that happens with you You, as a human being. We were built for a purpose. There's, there's more to us than just creating to create. Uh, I think what happens, our world is so filled with useless garbage. Now everybody's got a new product. Everybody's got a new toy, a new supplement, a new, this celebrities are doing that now. It's like, why, why do we need Mm -hmm. to keep adding more junk into the world? Do something with your platform. Find a diff- different purpose to it. Don't make another alcohol. Don't make another toy. Don't make another uh, skincare line, whatever it is. I understand that we have the right and freedom to do these things. But I think if we slow down and strip ourselves down of this desire for more, we end up eliminating the waste and we start having the real conversations and more in-depth uh, with each other. That, I think, is where we can reset this massive um, – it's almost like our ship is off – course right now. And we can yeah. reset it if more people with these platforms like you, like me, have the hard conversations and talk about missions, talk about purpose, get away from just building something for the sake of creating more nonsensical uh, stuff out in the world that really doesn't do anything to better people's lives. Yeah. No, uh, I, I would agree hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. Jeremy, this is uh, I didn't realize how fast time went. <laughs> I could keep going for, uh, I think a little bit longer. I hope we can do it again, but uh, yeah. I, I appreciate it brother. And, and before we kind of head out of here again, I want people to check out your book. Uh, what was the name of that book again? Yeah, it's, it's kind of called unremarkable to extraordinary. And right. you know, I, I, myself, I hate personal development books. So this is yeah. a personal development book for people that also hate personal development books because it's I about it. real life and what you can actually yeah. get out of it. Like, I, I bet, you know, I haven't cracked it open yet, but I will. But uh, so, yeah, Command Your Brand, you know, uh, co-founder and CEO uh, of the one of the top rated media and podcast booking agencies. So if there are people out there to listen that are in a position where they really want to spread their message, they should definitely have a conversation with uh, you, your team, et cetera, and move from there. But uh, before we go, I just want to share with the audience as well. Uh, I'm doing a whiskey giveaway every month for the rest of the year. So one lucky person will enter in the giveaway and win a premium bottle of single malt scotch whiskey uh, each month to celebrate the podcast. Great guests like Jeremy as well. So uh, that link will be provided in the show notes below. Make sure you follow the prompts and you'll be all squared away. Uh, If you're digging conversations like this that Jeremy and I have had, please make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast as well. This helps support me to bring on other great, amazing human beings like Jeremy so we can continue to benefit you and your life looking for peace with your success. Um, Other than that, brother man, I I just want to say thank you for joining me today. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you. I I appreciate all the wise words you've got to share with me in the audience. Uh, I just want to give you one last toast. Thank you to the audience as well for hanging out with us. Uh, I hope you tune in for the next conversation. And until then, cheers. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all in the next conversation. Cheers.